0: Wow, what a special day as we continue our series talking about the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And lately, we've been talking about the gifts that Jesus gave in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And uh, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Barry, and myself have been guiding us through that time. And that verse, if you open up uh, Ephesians chapter 4 in your Bible, this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Ephesus. And he said to them, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. We've talked about most of those gifts. Next week, Pastor Kevin will be talking about the evangelist. And last week, he talked about the teacher and a few About, I don't know, a week or so ago, Pastor Kevin knocked, he said, hey, he said, can I talk to you about the speaking schedule? And I said, sure. And he said, we have some openings, and I was wondering if maybe you could talk about the pastor. He said, maybe you have something you could share about that. Maybe you have some understanding you could bring. And we both kind (laughs) of chuckled. Because it's an interesting thing uh, to talk about yourself on Sunday, because really, most of the time, we just talk about Jesus and the word, which is a really good church when you do that. And so when he said, can you talk about the pastor, it was, it was an odd situation because that was my, it was like a mirror reflected off my life. And he, it's kind of like just talking about who I am and who i become. So it was weird to prepare a message about yourself because it's, it's, it's uh, being really transparent in front of you. And most people don't know what it's like to carry one of these gifts as a function. The apostle, pastor, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's not something you can go to school for and earn, or it's not something you can buy. It's not something you can take a course on and become. It's something that Jesus said he gave as a gift to some. And so it's a beautiful gift, and it comes with the grace to function in the gift, And it comes with a lot of responsibility. And what I wanted to do today, there's four specific things that I wanted to show you about the gift of the pastor. And the point of these four aspects of the pastor is very simple. It's to build trust. I want to share four things with you about the gift of the pastor. My goal in that is that over this time, we would be building trust. How many know that the kingdom really operates out of trust? And in fact, our whole world's set up on trust. Because how many, you know, if you don't trust, this life isn't going to go well for you. Let alone in the kingdom. So I want to share a few aspects of the pastor and those four specific things. And then we'll end again on trust, just to kind of clarify that. So the the word pastor is used one time in the New Testament, and it's the same word we use for shepherd, which is used 17 times in the New Testament. And a shepherd in the Near East was responsible for watching out for enemies, trying to attack the sheep, defending the sheep from attackers, healing the wounded and sick sheep, finding and saving lost or trapped sheep, loving them and sharing their lives to earn their trust. That's what a shepherd does. That was the job of a shepherd, a herdsman in the New Testament. Sharing their lives to earn their trust. So I want to start out with this. This is my first point of four. A pastor carries people in their heart. A pastor carries people in their heart, in their soul, and sometimes even physically. Definitely, when I say soul, that's your mind, will, and emotion. So that's your emotional part. A pastor is not doing a job, even though it has duties and responsibilities. A pastor carries people in their heart. And the pastors of this church and their spouses and the elders, if you were to talk to them, when they share with me about you, they carry you in their heart. This is not a job to them. They carry you emotionally. They intercede for you. They wake up with dreams of God on your behalf, and they cry for you when no one's watching because they carry you in their heart. You probably won't ever hear those words uh, publicly because it's so personal, but a pastor, a spiritual leader of these fivefold gifts will carry people in their hearts. Galatians 6, chapter, uh, s- chapter 6, verse 1 through 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. And this is the the way to obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. That's the New Living Translation. I like that one. Or as Pastor Sherry says, your sins aren't that important. They're not that unique. They're not that special. We've all been there. But we're all called to fulfill the law of Christ by carrying the burdens of others. Not in a codependent way of doing something for someone that they can do for themselves. But you know that time when you get crushed in life and you need somebody to help? You know when that that boulder is so big you can't get off the ground and you cry out to God for help? That's when you need your brother and sister to come in a pastoral way and pick you up out of the dirt and look you in the eye and say, it's going to be okay. God loves you. I love you. We're going to get through this. Now get up. All of us are called to be pastoral. Not all of you need to be a pastor, but all of us are called to be pastoral. Carry one another's burdens. Who in your life right now is getting crushed by something? And how can you step into their life? Use your own personality and gifts to help lift that weight. No strings attached. That's what a pastor does. That's what a pastoral people do. This is beautiful. Isaiah 40, verse 11 in the New Living says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. This is a pastoral picture of God the Father and Jesus Christ. He wants to carry you close to his heart. Christianity has become more of a religion, but it was always meant to be a relationship. Jesus wants to walk with you like he did his disciples. There was 12 of them, and they lived three-plus years together. They had sleepovers and food parties and uh, healing days and walks, and they had everything together for over three years. God wants a relationship with you. It's so easy to fall in what we call chair two, and we just start doing things for God trying to prove ourselves and feel good about our day. We're just action-oriented, which is great. But the problem is, the whole time, God is a father, Jesus is the elder brother, and he wants a relationship. If we treated our spouse just like doing stuff all the time and we never sat down and had a chat with them or, or listened to them emotionally, how do you think that marriage would go? It doesn't work, does it? What if we treated our kids that way? They were just little soldiers in our house, and they're just there to get things done and get to school, and I don't don't really want to know what's interesting to you, and we just treat them like that. What kind of emotional damage will we create with them? You know, God is a father. Jesus called his father. He kept saying, father, father, father. God's trying to say that our relationships matter and that the primary role is a son or daughter to a father. And as a pastor, we walk and reflect that to others by being a family. Now I remember getting pastoral care myself. Now as a pastor, as as a role in the church, I rarely receive pastoral care myself. Because how many know as a leader you're usually giving, right? And it feels great. But once in a while, you need it yourself. And so I was homesick and. I was down and out. We were living uh, in Washington, and, and uh, my my pastors and friends, they're all going off to a conference and having fun, and I'm sitting at home sick as a dog. Katrina was at work. Kids were probably in uh, child care or whatever. And the doorbell rings. Uh, you know, you're kind of grumpy, and you go to the front door, and you open it up. And uh, Pastor Wes and Pastor Ryan were at the door, and they had a big Americano for me. And I thought heaven had just entered I was like, yes, an Americano. And they were like, well, Pastor Mark, we know you're sick and down, but we want to come by and pray for you and let you know we love you. And before we leave town, you're important. And they gave me that coffee. I felt like a million bucks. And they just prayed. I mean, this is like 30 seconds, a minute. And they said, bye, we got to go. And I just went back in my house. And I thought, that's what that feels like. When you're on the receiving end, it feels really good. I mean, love is love. And when that compassion comes down, and you get your, in my love language, obviously it was coffee that day, every day, and uh, I, I just received it, and they smiled, and they blessed me, and I thought, pastoral care is important. I've been doing it for years, but it, it's important, because I felt it that day. So the first thing a pastor does, or a pastoral person does, you carry people in your heart. Who's in your heart? second thing a pastor does, a pastor walks with people. Not just carrying them in the hard times, but a pastor just walks. How many know there's ups and downs in life? There's really high highs, there's super lows, there's the mundane every day, and it's nice to have someone to walk with. A pastor or a pastoral person walks with people. Remember this, that then it says the two of them from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking bread. 1 Thessalonians 2.8, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. A pastor or a pastoral person will share their lives with you. They will walk with you. Romans says it in a good way, chapter 12. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. As a pastor, the gift is to simply come along people as they are. You're never expecting this. You're not judging this. You just say, come on in. The door is open. And how many know we all need friends like that? We not only need leadership like that, by the grace of God, we pray for that and believe for that in our church, but we need to surround ourselves with people like that. Come on in. Tell me all about it. No judgment. And they'll they'll laugh with you. They'll cry with you. They'll They'll do whatever it takes. Now, here's a practical example of that. Walking. It was probably 2005. We went to the Grand Canyon, and off the canyon, there's, a, there's a, the Havasupai people. The Indian tribe is down there, and we were on a short-term mission trip with the Assemblies of God, and you hike like eight or nine miles down into the canyon. There's no roads, so you have to hike in or take a helicopter. We chose to hike because it was better character development for the interns <laughs> and a lot cheaper. So we had our week there at the bottom of the canyon, amazing, It's just a beautiful country, amazing. And then you got to get out of the canyon, and it's super hot. So what do you do? You hike out at night when it's cold. So at about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, we tied flashlights and glow sticks to our shoes and to our arms, backpacks and sleeping bags and tents, and, and there's probably 12 to 15 of us, and said, so let's go. We started marching eight, nine miles out in the middle of the night. There's wild horses. It's a little scary. And I'm one of the leaders, so I have to bring up the rear, right? Because the pastor's thinking safety, protection, taking care of people. And I had that one intern. How many know you have that one person in your life? And I loved, I still love you, Casey. If you're watching this or listening, Casey, you know that we're brothers like that. So Casey was in the back. And he was a plotter, you know, one step, two steps. The other group's like a half a mile ahead. And here I am like this, pushing on his back. Okay, that's just the flat part. Then you got to get to the mountain. it's it switchbacks the whole way up. I mean, these are cliffs. And it took, of course, hours and hours to do this. But we knew that. We had to hike out throughout the night. And he wants to give up. He's tired. He's and I'm come on, Casey, you know, just pushing on his back, you know, kicking him, pushing him, holding his stuff. Because that's what that's what a pastor does. They walk with you. You're gonna get there. You don't know how you're gonna get there, but you're gonna get there. And your pastors, your leaders, those who have that heart, are just gonna walk with you. Remember, it's not forced, it's never forced. There's invitation and there's coming alongside, but you can't force people to do things. and a, And a healthy pastor will never do that. He will not. He or she will not violate your will. Number three. This is a special privilege of of, of pastor and a leader. Is this a past a pastor whispers the word of God into people's ears. So, see, when you're carrying people, when you're walking with them, it's not hard to lean over and just whisper the word of God into their life. And I use the word whisper because you don't have to be that heavy with them. When you're walking with people, you have trust. When you're carrying someone, they've already surrendered to your love and your acceptance, so now you just whisper the word of God into their soul and spirit. So you take the scriptures, and, you, and we've talked about this for months, and you edify and, and encourage and you build up people by whispering the word of God into their life. Do you think they need an extra judgment at that time? I'm pretty sure they already know what's broken. But they don't know how to get out of their mess. So you can come alongside and begin to whisper the counsel of the Holy Spirit right into their ear. This is what Jesus did all the time. He he, he said this uh, when he was walking with them uh, on the road to Emmaus. He said this, uh, Luke 24, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded in them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself and he said and they said to one another did not our hearts burn with us while he talked with us on the road while he opened the scriptures to us so a pastor will do that a pastor will come along take the scriptures and whisper them into you and now remember you have to have ears to hear the pastor is not going to do that if you don't want it and you might say well I don't, I'm not learning, I'm not growing, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting my breakthrough. You're probably not listening. You're not either listening to God himself, like in the word, or the people that God have put in your life, you're not listening to them. Your ears are plugged. And it's usually pride or fear that's blocking you to hear the word of God. But a pastor will come along with no agenda except to see you be more like Jesus Christ. They just want you to grow So they will share the word of God with you. It'll be your job to do the word. They can't do the word for you, but they can share it with you. So that's the third one, is to whisper the word of God. And I've kind of alluded to this in the fourth, but I felt this really strong this morning to share with you. A pastor always gives grace and mercy, not judgment or condemnation. A biblical Jesus following pastor does not come with more judgment or condemnation but comes with grace and mercy grace is giving you the power that you don't deserve and mercy is not giving you the judgment that you do deserve how many want both I need both I want both Romans 8 is very clear. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I love that verse because I used to walk around in chair two with my head down. Oh, I'm not good enough. Maybe next week if I really get my behavior up to the Christian standard, then Jesus will really like me and my jobs will work out. I'll, I'll do better in ministry. What a lie. Because I am no longer under the law. Chair two, you're living under a law with checks and balances. Chair one... You're living under grace and truth, meaning Jesus fulfilled the law on your behalf already, and now you're under his righteousness and under his payday and under his rewards based on his behavior. Our job is to have faith and to accept the gift We do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I mean, have you ever had this? I I mean, this can happen weekly sometimes. The enemy comes in. Satan, these demons are lying to you and say, see, I told you, you're a no good rotten sinner. You didn't pass the test. Your, Your character is horrible in this area, blah, blah, blah. Just like this. And all that is is a condemning, accusing spirit. The Bible is clear. That's not Jesus talking. That's Satan. He's the accuser of the brethren, making you feel like you're never going to be good enough. But a pastoral person or a person with the gift of the pastor will come up and say, yeah, 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 I know all that garbage. It's easy to find the garbage, right? But a pastor will say, but let's look at what Jesus said. Let's look at what the Word of God says. Let's look at what the Holy Spirit said. And they'll hold you at the same time, pray it over you, believe with you, stand with you, and say, okay, let's go. Fresh day. Tomorrow's a new day. And how many of you know like those kind of people in your life? I do. Therefore, I think Pastor Barry said this earlier, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become New. So the pastor is confirming that identity. The pastor is reassuring you what the scriptures said and then having you apply it to your personal life. And do you remember how forever, at least for my age group, your identity was found in your purpose or what you did? That's how we were trained through school, through university. You find your gifts, you do your purpose, and that's your identity. But through the word of God, what we've learned over the last several years, as our identity is not found in what we do. It's found in whose we are. Our identity is found in being a son or daughter of God. And then we go do stuff all the time, which is fun. We love to have purpose. We love to go do things. Pastor Barry was talking about his purpose of helping leaders prepare in the season and set them up for success in their life. That's a part of his purpose. But that's not who he is. He's a son of God. How, can you get a higher title than the son of God? Find one for me. Maybe a daughter of God. Okay, Tammy. All the women in the house were like, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, you got Yeah, that's true. The woman was the crowning creation. Yeah, okay. Son and daughter of God. You can't get any higher titles. A pastor is going to remind you of that and affirm that you're you're not your job, you're not your pay raise, you're not if you get fired, you're not if this. That's not who you are. You're so much more than that. You're a son or daughter of God. And the pastor will remind you of that constantly. You see, Moses was famous for giving the law. The Israelites cried for it, and God said, oh, if you really want this, and gave them some laws. Did they follow the law? Are humans good at following laws? You know how many laws there were in, the, in Genesis in the beginning? He gave them one. Did they pass that test? They couldn't definitely pass the Ten Commandment test. It's just not really good nature for us to do that until we're born again. We're not good at following laws. Moses was famous for giving the law, but Jesus is so much more famous for giving grace and truth. Which one do you want to be under? The law or grace and truth? You want to be under Moses or you want to be under Jesus? A pastor will always point you back to the simplicity of the gospel. Jesus. A good pastor isn't bringing you the law, but pouring out the grace and truth of knowing Jesus Christ personally over and over. A pastor's relationship with others, and this is where I'm concluding, is based on trust. Now, there's two type of trust, I realized, when I was writing this out. There's trust given, and there's trust built. Trust given is when you meet someone at, like, let's say you go to the doctor's office, and you're like, doctor, and uh, hello, and you just give them a, a lot of trust with your physical health because of their training and their certification, and they pass their boards, and they're a qualified doctor. So you say, you know what, I'm going to trust you just to figure out the health stuff. Sure. The same thing happens in your spiritual life. Who do you trust? Who do you give trust to? Some of you I've met for the first time, and you said, "You know what? I heard you're one of the pastors at the church. I just want to say thank you. We love you, and we're going to pray for you. And we, you're one of our pastors, and we submit to that. And have a great day." I'm like, "Wow, that's going to be a really easy person to work with." See how they came under authority. How many know that in Canada we struggle coming under authority? How many know in Canada we struggle with honoring our leaders? It's kind of hard to pastor people that won't honor you or won't show respect or dignity. It's it's hard to pastor someone like that. In other words, they're saying, don't pastor me, I got it. So I don't pastor those people because they won't let me. And I'm not going to waste their time and my time doing something they don't want. But when a person says, Pastor, I got something to work on, I've got trouble in my life, can you help me out of this ditch? And I'll say, sure. We grab the Bible, we grab prayer, we grab a coffee, and we say, let's go. And it's Yeah, in that order. Yeah, grab Jesus, grab the Bible, then maybe coffee if you have time. You don't have to have coffee. So there's trust given, and there's trust built. Now, I think majority of our life it's okay and probably healthy to build your trust with people. You might start off with a simple amount of trust, which is good, but then you build from there. There's examples like, you know, some of you in here, you you got a problem. You know, oh, a car problem. I could just, you could just borrow my keys because we have trust. But some of you in here, I probably wouldn't let you have my keys. There's probably a variety of reasons for that. But some of you, it's like no problem. There's trust. It's like uh, with with Tom here in the front row. When we were working on our trailer, he said, "All my tools are available to you. You just have to come down and please put them back when you're done." Which I usually did. Yeah, we had to. You know, I'm 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 not perfect at it, but he's a, he, that was an example of he was just saying, "Hey, you know what." I've got my stuff, you have access to it, you use it. Trust can be given or trust can be built. The problem is with pastors sometimes in this room, a lot of you have had broken trust with pastors. You've had hurt. They've hurt you, you've hurt them. You've been to many churches. It's like a cycle. And you haven't been able to reestablish trust. That's the tricky part. Trust built. How many know that it's better to build trust slowly and consistently? Yeah. So that's what I want to encourage you is to develop your trust with your pastoral leadership team here. I know we have different titles and functions, whether it's Ryan and Christy in the youth or Adam and Nikki uh, with young adults. There's a lot of different leaders, but you have to build trust. You have to start being intentional and showing up and just saying hi and Coming to an open house or something. Just start building relationship. They don't have to be your best friends and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that. But somebody has to take the first step. And if you've been hurt and if you've been sinned against by a pastor, I have to say that that's horrible and wrong. And if someone in leadership, on, you know, I have to say that's just sin and it's ugly. And I'm sorry that it ever happened to you. Because a healthy leader would never do that to you on purpose. In their brokenness, as a man or woman, they probably did it, and it's horrible, and it's wrong. They shouldn't have. Please forgive them out of just the grace of God. Just say, God, I forgive that spiritual leader for what he or she did to me or my family. I will no longer hold them accountable for their choices. God, I give them to you, and you hold them accountable. I'm moving on. I want a fresh start. I'm going to start building trust again with the people that you put in my life. How many know you need the grace of God for that one? Amen. And that's what we're talking about, trust. Because you can't do pastoral leadership without trust. This place would not exist. So I want to challenge you to develop your heart, to start building trust intentionally with those people in your life, specifically your spiritual leaders. Don't have to go fast. Take it slow. But build a relationship and build trust. And let God's blessing and favor, the gift, come down into your life as a free gift. Amen. Can you stand with me? So I got to share a little bit of my heart today. There's lots more there. But a pastor carries you in your heart. You are that's why we know a lot of you by first name. We know your families. We know because you're right here and we go to bed at night, you're still there. When we wake up, you're still there. We just keep giving you over to the Lord. Because we want to see you blessed and prosper and just take over this world with Jesus. Now, building trust is not a simple thing. It takes courage, doesn't it? Because you have to be relational. I'm not talking about introvert or extrovert. Just building trust, you have to be relational. So I just want to pray a blessing over you. A pastoral blessing of developing courage to trust one another. If you're ready for that, just receive it as a, as a spiritual intake. Father, I want to thank you so much that you um, showed us the gift of the pastor. And we talked about it today, but really it's Jesus. I mean, he is the good shepherd. He was the ultimate pastor. So perfect in everything he did. And we want to emulate that, God. And I'm asking for a grace of God on Desert Stream in this area of pastoral gift, which requires so much trust. And Lord, my brothers and sisters out here, we need to have courage to begin to trust again if we want to go to the next place in you. So we pray a gift of faith and a gift of courageous trust and wisdom to be released over our church, over those who are listening or watching online and those in this building. Help us to trust again, starting with you, Jesus, and then moving out to to those who you put in our life. We want to be healthy and faithful and courageous people in our generation. So help us do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.